Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When today's total freedom of access to porn online meets our society's equally total reluctance to talk openly and honestly about sex. Porn becomes sex education by default. Well, we've all been pushed around. Hello and welcome to It's Complicated, the podcast to help you untangle your relationship with your phone. I'm Tanya Goodin, and each week I'll be talking to my guests about how they manage the relationship with the tiny tyrant in their pocket. We'll be talking about how our phone habits affect our work, our lives and our loves and about what our relationship with our phone might just tell us about our relationship with ourselves. If you want help and you want hope, you've come to the right place. This is It's Complicated. My guest this week on the podcast is sex tech entrepreneur, Cindy Gallup. And I was really happy that I got the chance to have this chat with Cindy for two reasons. One, because we've both had this weirdly parallel career where we both started out in advertising and then moved out into tech. And she was always a total legend in the ad industry. And actually, I never got the chance to meet her when I was working in advertising. Um, and the second reason I wanted to talk to her is because everywhere I go, people ask me about the impact of online porn on our sex lives and our relationships. And Cindy is the inventor of a whole new category of social sex online with her Make Love Not Porn website. And her TED Talk by the same name has over one and a half million viewers. So we had a really wide-ranging conversation about what the ubiquity of porn is really doing to us. Um, And one of the things I really loved that she said to me in the chat was that she is pro-sex, pro-porn, but pro-knowing the difference. And I think you're really going to enjoy the chat. So it's fantastic to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for agreeing to do it. One of the reasons I really wanted to talk to you is because... The podcast is called It's Complicated because it's about our relationship with tech having become so complicated. But it really strikes me that it doesn't compare at all to how complicated our relationship is with sex. (laughs) And you yourself have said people are very peculiar about the whole topic. 
so I really wanted to kind of wind back. I've said a bit in the intro about your background in advertising um, and brand building and, and just kind of get you to explain a little bit about this new category of social sex that you are, you've invented and you're pioneering and how you came to launch a social sex site. Sure. So I guess I should start by saying that my startup, Make Love Not Porn, is a complete and total accident because I never intentionally set out to do anything I very bizarrely find myself doing. Um, It came out of my direct personal experience dating younger men and realizing 11 or 12 years ago now, through dating younger men, that I was encountering an issue that honestly would never have crossed my mind if I had not encountered it so very intimately and personally. Um, I realized that I was experiencing what happens when two things converge. And I stress the dual convergence because most people think it's only one thing. I realized I was experiencing what happens when today's total freedom of access to porn online meets our society's equally total reluctance to talk openly and honestly about sex. When those two factors converge, porn becomes sex education by default in not a good way. So I found myself encountering a number of sexual behavioral means in bed. I went, whoa, I know where this behavior is coming from. And I thought, gosh, if I'm experiencing this, other people must be as well. I didn't know that because 11, 12 years ago, nobody was talking about this. Nobody was writing about it. And I'm a naturally action-oriented person. And so I went, I want to do something about this. So 10 years ago, I put up on No Money a tiny, clunky little website at makelovenotporn.com. Um, that in its original iteration was just words, porn world versus real world. I launched at TED in 2009. I became the only TED speaker to say the words, come on my face on the (laughs) TED stage. I have seen that talk. (laughs) Uh, The the talk went viral as a result, and it drove this extraordinary global response to my tiny website that I had never anticipated. And I realised I'd uncovered a huge global social issue. Thousands of people wrote to me from every country in the world, young and old, male and female, straight and gay. And so I felt a personal responsibility to take Make Love Not Porn forwards in a way that would make it much more far-reaching, helpful and effective. And I also saw an opportunity to do what I believe in very strongly, which is that the future of business is doing good and making money simultaneously. I saw the opportunity for a big business solution to this huge untapped um, global need. And I use the word big advisedly, Tanya, because even then, 10 years ago at concept stage, I knew if I wanted to counter the global impact of porn as default sex ed, I would have to come up with something that at least had the potential one day to be just as mass, just as mainstream, and just as all pervasive in our society as porn currently is. So thinking big right from the (laughs) get-go. Um, So what I decided to do was, I always emphasize, make love not porn is not anti-porn because the issue isn't porn. The issue is that we don't talk about sex in the real world. If we did, amongst many benefits, people would then bring a real world mindset to the viewing of what is simply manufactured entertainment. Mm -hmm. So our tagline at make love not porn is pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. I love that line. Yeah, I mean, I I quoted it in the intro to you, actually. I I just think it really sums up what the issue is, doesn't it? Good. No, exactly. I wrote it, so I'm very pleased to hear that. (laughs) Um, And and, and basically, our mission is, is very simple, to make it easier for every single person in the world to talk openly and honestly about sex. And to do that in two respects. 
A, in the public domain, and by that I mean parents to children, teachers to schools, everyone to everyone, but B, even more importantly, to talk about sex openly and honestly privately in your intimate relationships. And the reason this is so key, Tanya, is because, you know, because we don't talk about sex, it is an area of rampant insecurity for every one of us. We all get vulnerable when we get naked. Sexual ego is very fragile. People therefore find it bizarrely difficult to talk about sex with the people they're actually having it with while they're actually having it. Because in that situation, you're terrified that if you say anything at all about what's going on, if you comment on the action anyway at all, you will potentially hurt the other person's feelings, you will put them off you, derail the encounter, potentially derail the entire relationship, but at the same time, you want to please your partner. You want to make them happy. Everybody wants to be good in bed. No one knows exactly what that means. Mm. And so you will seize your cues from anywhere you can. And if the only cues you've ever seen are important, because your parents didn't talk to you about sex, because your school didn't teach you, because your friends aren't honest, those are the cues you're going to take to not very good effect. So given this mission of talk about it, I decided very simply to take every dynamic that exists in social media and apply them to this one area no other social network or platform will go in order to socialize sex and to make real world sex and talking about it socially acceptable and therefore ultimately just as socially shareable as anything else we share on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. So six years ago now, my tiny team and I launched the first stage of this vision, which is makelovenotporn.tv which is an entirely user-generated, crowdsourced video-sharing platform that celebrates real-world sex. So anyone from anywhere in the world can submit to us videos of themselves having real-world sex, but we're very clear what we mean by this. We are not porn. We are not amateur. We are building a whole new category on the internet that has never previously existed, social sex. And so our competition isn't porn, it's Facebook and YouTube, or rather it would be if they allowed you to socially, sexually self-express, which obviously don't. I was going to ask you how you stop the porn industry from getting involved, though, because how do you stop porn stars uploading videos to your platform? You know, you're talking about it being real world sex with real world people. So is there some kind of editorial control? So social sex videos on Make Love Not Porn are not about performing for the camera. They're just about capturing what goes on in the real world, as you do everywhere else, yeah. in all its spontaneous, funny, messy, glorious, wonderful humanness. Now, two, two things about what you've just said. The first is, um, we have a very unique category on Make Love Not Porn, which I, I wanted there from launch, and my friends in the porn industry helped me. We are the only place on the internet where porn stars share videos of the sex they have offset in the real world. Because porn stars have real world sex. They're real people as well. Yeah, yeah that yeah. is completely yeah. different from the sex they perform professionally. Yeah. And so our gay, straight, lesbian, trans porn star friends share on Make Love Not Porn videos of the real world sex they have in their real world relationships. And they talk in those videos about how different that is from what they perform professionally. We are literally communication through demonstration. And that's a very powerful demonstration. The second response is, I'm going to just introduce this point holistically. The young white male founders of the giant tech platforms that dominate our lives today are not the primary targets, online and offline, of harassment, abuse, sexual yeah. assault, violence, rape. Therefore, they do not proactively design for it. 
Those of us who are most at risk every single day, women, people of colour, LGBTQ, the disabled, we design safe spaces and safe experiences. I and my team spent literally years concepting and designing Make Love Not Porn before we ever built it, because we knew that if we were going to invite people to something they'd never done before, socially share their real world sex, we had to think through every possible ramification of that to create a completely safe and trustworthy space. As a result, we operate unlike anybody else in the adult sphere, and quite frankly, unlike anybody else on the internet, full stop. So, um, first of all, it is not physically possible to complete our submissions process unless your video is fully consensual, legal, everyone's over 18. We require full identifying details for every participant, including two forms of visual ID. Even, yeah. by the way, if you've chosen to have somebody else behind the camera. Even if you never see them, we have to know exactly who they are. We require two forms of visual ID from them. It is not possible to even complete submitting, let alone ever have published anything that is not fully consensual legal. Then, when you have submitted your video, we do something nobody else does, human curation. I designed Make Love Not Porn around human curation the way every other tech platform should have from the beginning. Our curators watch every single video submitted from beginning to end. And by the way, we do that just to make sure it's real, but that yeah. enables us to see everything that's going on, obviously. Then, um, when, when we've watched your video and we've, we've accepted it, we will then engage with you personally. We begin building a relationship with our contributors, or as we call them, our Make Love Not Porn stars. From that first video, we will talk to you by your preferred means, you know, phone, text, email, Skype. We talk to both halves of the couple to answer questions, reassure. But the important thing is that we have a personal relationship with you from the moment you begin submitting. If you're at all worried about your employer, your college, it's fine to be anonymous. You can wear masks, faces in shadow, out of frame. About half our make love porn stars choose to do that. The other half are happy showing their faces. Your video is only viewable on our platform by our members and only by those members who've paid to rent it. We have a revenue sharing business model. Our make love porn stars get half of all the income um, that we get from members renting and subscribing. And the reason we operate a rent and stream model not a download and own is because our commitment to you as a make love not porn star is the moment anything changes your relationship your life your circumstances even just your mind you tell us we take your videos down they're gone forever they're nowhere else on the internet you could literally put a video up one day change your mind overnight we'll take it down the next nobody else does that so you're totally educating about consent as well there aren't you Absolutely. Um, so, so, so here's the overarching um, goal of Make Love Not Porn, ultimately, because I designed Make Love Not Porn around my own beliefs and philosophies, one of which is that everything in life starts with you and your values. So I regularly ask people this question, what are your sexual values? And nobody can ever answer me because we're not taught to think like that. Our parents bring us up to have good manners, a work ethic, sense of responsibility, accountability. Nobody ever brings us up to behave well in bed, but they should, because in bed, values like empathy, sensitivity, generosity, kindness, honesty, respect are as important as those values are in every other area of our lives where we are actively taught to exercise those values. And so what we're doing at Make Love Not Porn could not be more topical and relevant in the era of Me Too, because right now, Everybody's talking about consent, quite rightly, by the way. But here's the problem. 
Nobody knows what consent actually looks like in bed. The only way you educate people as to what is great consensual communicative sex, good sexual values and good sexual behavior is by watching people actually having that kind of sex. And Make Love Not Porn is the only place on the internet where you can do that. Every one of our videos is an object lesson in consent, communication, good sexual values and good sexual behavior. We are literally education through demonstration. And so we call ourselves the social sex revolution. The revolutionary part is not the sex, it's the social. It's the social. battling against though centuries of ingrained repression and kind of refusal to talk about sex um and and in a way you're do you see yourself as kind of not only dealing with that issue but solving a problem the the digital world has created do you think it you know with the introduction of ubiquitous online porn has that made our relationship with sex worse um, now, um, now I, I need to be very emphatic about what I've been saying for 10 years, Tanya. The issue isn't porn. The issue yeah. is that we don't talk about sex in the real world. Many issues are laid at porn store that should be laid at societies. Uh, and here's the interesting thing about the 10 years now that I've been working on Make Love Not Porn. I can tell you that in those 10 years, Make Love Porn has had a universally positive reception from everybody who's come into contact with it all around the world. And the interesting thing is... You know, I think the reason that original clunky little website, Porn World versus Real World, got such a phenomenal response was because MakeLoveNotPorn.com was a manifestation of me. And what I mean by that is it was very straightforward, simple, honest, truthful, down to earth, utterly non-judgmental, and it had a sense of humor. We never get to have conversations about sex within those parameters. The moment we do, the floodgates open because everybody is dying to talk about sex as a universal human experience and a universal part of all our lives. The only place that I've encountered problems is in the tech, financial and business world. I and my team fight an enormous battle every single day to build this business, essentially because every piece of business infrastructure any other tech startup can just take for granted. We can't because the small print always says no adult content. And this is all, all pervasive across every single area of the business. Can't get funded, can't get banked, can't put payments in place. Every tech service I want to use, you know, we had to build our entire video sharing, video streaming platform from scratch ourselves as proprietary technology because existing streaming services will not stream adult content. Even something as simple as finding an email partner. You know, MailChimp won't work with adult content. We're rejected by six or seven to be found sending who would. That is the only area in which I encounter challenges. Otherwise, we are the startup the world has been crying out for. And our members write and tell us that every single day. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It's really interesting because literally today in the Telegraph in the UK, there was a headline, children as young as seven viewing porn online because of lack of age checks. That's what the headline says. I don't happen to agree that that's why they're viewing porn online. And I was thinking that when I first started, because one of the things I do is talk in schools, when I first started seven years ago, the average age of viewing porn online was 11. So that's come down to seven in seven years. But actually, a study done by Bitdefender six years ago indicated then that the age had dropped to six. And by the way, absolutely not because six-year-old, eight-year-old kids go looking for porn. They absolutely don't. No, they stumble, they stumble across, across it, don't yeah, they? But it's yeah. a function of the digital world we live in today that that cannot be prevented. You know, yeah. and, um, and, and by the way, the interesting thing here, Tyler, well, well, two things. First of all, how appalling and disgusting is it that if I'd been able to raise 10 years ago the kind of funding I was looking for to launch MakeLoveNotPorn.tv, if I'd been able to raise the tens of millions of dollars that white male VCs fling at white male founders to launch food delivery apps, scooter ventures, juiceros, if I'd raised that kind of funding, we would not be having this conversation today because Make Love the Porn will be operating at scale in the way that I've always wanted it to, to prevent this happening. Secondly, here's the thing about the hypocrisy of, of pieces um, like the one you've just described. We all watch porn, we don't talk about it. 
Porn therefore exists in a parallel universe, in a shadowy other world. When you force an entire industry into the shadows and underground, you make it a lot more difficult for good things to happen and you make it very easy for bad things to happen. And by the way, make my porn is not porn. We are social sex. But because, um, you know, it's interesting, the title of your podcast, it's complicated. Because we're so screwed up about sex, um, there are so many nuances to all of this that we are not taught to embrace and live with and, uh, and internalize. And so despite the fact that male love porn is not porn, we face all the same barriers as porn does. And here's the issue. All of the business obstacles I just talked about, you know, incredibly difficult to kind of, you know, to, to find banks, to put payments in place, combined with, by the way, that, you know, nobody will allow uh, Make Love Not Porn to advertise. You know, Facebook won't accept any ads related to sex in any way at all. Neither will traditional media outlets. The MTA who oversee the New York subway won't let us advertise on billboards and, and the subway. It's a knee-jerk, no adult content clause. What that means is that when the entire porn industry um, is not enabled to operate in a safe and healthy way, that's why they ha they have to resort to ambushing people, which inevitably includes children, with with trying to get their content seen any way they can, because they're not not allowed to operate like any normal industry with appropriate legal checks and balances. Um, to, um, so um, separate to porn, because obviously we're not with social sex, that makes my life extraordinarily difficult. Okay, because. The no adult content clause for me is not just business inhibiting, it's actively business endangering. Mm -hmm. If I cannot promote Make Love Not Porn through the usual means by which any other company and brand reaches large amounts of people, this venture is going to die. I mean, the tech and business financial world is trying to shut us down every single day. I say to my team, the biggest thing we have to celebrate at Make Love Not Porn is that we're still here. <laughs> After six and a half years of fighting every single day, I've wanted to give up many times. It's so demoralizing, it's so depressing, the fact that nobody will fund us when, you know, funding goes to utterly trivial startups um, that, that are not trying to change the world through sex as we are. Um, I've put all my own savings into this. I've been fighting this battle for 10 years. I'm exhausted. I need investors. I need support. I need help. Otherwise, you will carry on seeing those headlines in the Telegraph and every other newspaper till kingdom come. And I can tell you as well, I am my own research lab. I'm very open about the fact that I date younger men casually, recreationally, I did a lot of them. I see for myself exactly how this plays out in the real world all the time. That's what I'm trying to change for you and everybody and, you know, everybody's sons and daughters and future generations. And it's, it's an absolute travesty that I cannot get the funding and support I need from the tech business and finance world. I know. And yet exactly this Telegraph article is saying what you're saying. They're, they're talking about girls feeling under pressure because of, you know, meeting perceived expectations of sex by viewing porn. Boys, you know, having increasingly aggressive sexual behaviour because they see sex as represented in porn films as normal. Everybody's writing about this. And yet the solution seems to be, oh, we'll just we just need to tighten up age checks online. Absolutely. So that children can't get hold of this material. Tell me, Tanya, does this Telegraph article mention me and Make Love Not Porn anywhere? It, it does not, and it should do. Um, no, and it should because I wrote at the Telegraph's request a first-person piece on Make Love Not Porn that they ran ahead of um, Channel 4's Generation Porn series last month, yeah. where yeah. We, were, we were in the third episode. 
And another huge frustration for me, and, and again, I don't have the investors and the funding to make this happen. There is such a lack of awareness of us that the Telegraph that published a big piece about me and make love of porn can fail to say in that article that there is a solution, yeah. that Sydney Gallup's been trying to scale for 10 bloody years, and all she needs is the kind of funding that young white male founders are being showered with in the tech world in the UK and elsewhere for utterly ridiculous ventures will go under in a few years' time. If I got one hundredth of that funding, I could have the real impact that I've been battling to create for the past 10 years. I'm actually going to connect you after we've recorded this podcast with the journalist because I know him. <laughs> um, because I think, you know, this is a subject that runs and runs in The Telegraph. Um, and, you know, I think the last line of the piece is, you know, porn wasn't designed as a sex education tool for children. But you say, I've heard you say many times in interviews, that's what it's doing at the moment. It is sex education because adults, schools, you know, we're, we're just not talking about it. Would you believe that for the past five years... I've been trying to raise funding for an expansion of Make Love Not Porn that is what I call the Khan Academy of Sex Education. Khan Academy, the online tutoring platform that is so popular with children globally, tutors on every other topic under the sun except this one. Educational technology, EdTech, is exploding, not yeah. in this area. Parents and teachers write to us every day begging us to do this. Okay, Nothing that I want to get funded is finger in the wind stuff. None of it is me going, oh, I think this will fly. We are literally, as I said earlier, the startup the world is crying out for. We are being asked for this sort of content every single day. And I've, I've designed Make Love Not Porn Dot Academy around a business model that would make any investors a huge amount of money. Can mm. I get it funded? Can I hell? My biggest obstacle raising funding is the social dynamic that I call fear of what other people will think. Because it's never about, about what the person I'm talking to thinks. When you understand what we're doing and why we're doing it to make love not porn, nobody can argue with it. The business case is clear. It is always their fear of what they think other people will think, which operates around sex unlike any other area. And that is what is stopping all of the incredibly healthy, open, deeply fundamental, good sexual values and good sexual behavior, you know, expansion that I want to bring to the world, that is preventing it ever happening. And that is seriously damaging for the future of humanity. So have you not seen a softening in attitude since the Me Too hashtag? Because I mean, that's one of the kind of online movements that I always reference when I say how, you know, that's a really healthy and positive use of social media that we've been able to open up that whole conversation about sexual harassment, consent, inappropriate behaviour, sexual behaviour. Have you not seen since then that people are more willing to talk about what you're doing with Make Love Not Porn? Let me, let me ask a question back to you, Tanya, and I'll use our shared background. Tell me, how many sexual harassers have you seen named and brought to justice in the advertising <laughs> industry since the Me Too movement started? Yeah. That's, uh, that's my answer. Yeah. Women could not be more heartily endorsing and begging for what I and Make Love Not Porn are doing. Does the rest of the world give a fuck? Does it hell? Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm regularly asked by journalists, you know, Cindy, why do you think as a society we are so repressed around sex? I'm asked this so often, I now have my answer down pat. Three reasons. Number one, to your point earlier, centuries of repression, religion, sociocultural dynamics in every single country in the world. What we're talking about is a global issue. Number two, the patriarchy. And the third reason is, very straightforwardly, there are not enough people like me. 
And what I mean by that is, as you've heard, the world makes it so goddamn difficult to innovate and disrupt social narratives around sex. I know many people who've just given up trying. You need somebody like me who will not give up no matter what. And quite frankly, right now, I'm very close to giving up because I don't know how we can continue without funding. Uh, this is another thing journalists are very prone to doing. They, they, will, they will often end an interview by asking something like, you know, so Cindy, when do you think all of this will change? That's the point <laughs> at which I start laughing. As if, as if you're solely responsible for changing it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 no, exactly. I swear, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the way you asked that question because you asked that question in the passive tense. All of this changes when you and I and everyone else make it change and I don't wait for things to change. I make them change. So you're not going to give up. You're going to still keep fighting. I don't want to give up, Tanya, but, you know, we don't have that much financial runway left. If yeah, I cannot yeah. find investors for Make Love Not Porn in the very near future, I don't want to give up, but I may be forced to give up because, because nobody will fund us. So the best thing I can say to everyone listening to this podcast is if you feel strongly about this issue, which I think 99% of people surely must do, Certainly when I talk in schools, it's the number one issue that parents talk about, teachers talk about. Then actually investing in and supporting your platform is one of the single best things we can be doing. Absolutely. We are nearly at the end of our slot for recording, um, but I've got three questions. I just want to ask you about your own relationship with tech, if that's OK. It might be relevant to our relationship between sex and porn, but if you just had one message for everyone who's listening to the podcast about their own phone and tech habits, something you'd like them to think about, what would it be? I think, you know, my, mes my message would be really, what is the message of my own startup, which is focus on using technology to make good things happen in the real world. And uh, because Make Love Porn is all about human connection. We're using sex tech to bring people closer together in the real world. And so what I would exhort your listeners to do, and, and this is what I try and do myself, is, you know, technology is, is a wonderful thing, but really ask yourself and think about how can I use this to actually connect better with the people around me? And so, you know, it, it's like, you know, Spend less time scrolling through your Facebook feed. Focus more on being reminded by somebody who's seen your Facebook feed. I haven't seen that person in ages. I would love to talk to them. Let me message them and let's arrange to meet up in the real world. And your social sex platform is a lot about couples watching that together, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean it, it's for anybody and everybody. So we have, you know, many solo make love, not porn stars, as well as coupled and, and, and more, you know, threesomes, etc. Um, but equally, we want couples to watch our videos together because what they do is, again, our entire mission is to make it easier to talk about sex. Yeah. Everyone needs an external prompt to make that happen. And so, you know, couples write to us and say, you know, just, you know, watching these videos normalises our own dialogue about sex, you know, between ourselves. It's made us able to talk more and, and, and get more honest with each other. But equally, I'd like friends to watch our videos together. You know, we hold communal screenings of uh, compilation edits of our videos with whole groups of people because we never get to do that normally. And that also prompts us to, to be more at ease about talking about sex with each other. And so, you know, and so whether you're on your own with somebody, with a group of friends, you know, anybody and everybody can benefit from, 
you know, what is just the most wonderful reflection of the full spectrum of gloriousness that is the sex we all have in the real world. So my next question is, you're, you're a tech entrepreneur, you work in media as well. So you're very, you know, like me, you're kind of digitally saturated. How do you get a good balance yourself? Two things. First of all, I am a voracious reader. And I really use books to take a break from devices. And I say books deliberately because I'm not a fan of electronic reading. Um, I love actual books. My apartment yeah, is full yeah, of I'm them. with you on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I like reading. And, and also, I'm a huge fan of doing nothing. And my idea of total happiness is like being in my apartment at the weekend, spending a certain amount of time doing nothing. And that's, and that's how I take a break. And finally, what have you learned about yourself since you've been using tech and the digital world over the past, you know, sort of 10, 15 years? Anything about your habits or about the way you use tech that's surprised you or pleased you or worried you? Well, you know, here's the interesting thing, um, Tanya, again, given our shared background in advertising, because, I mean, one of the things I've been prone to saying in the past is I'm a complete sucker for advertising, which is why I'm so good at my job. And in the same way, you know, my relationship with tech is, is the same as everyone else's relationship, which is why it's so good that I experience that, because it makes me think about how to address it. And by the way, this is something I say to a lot of people in our industry as well. Unless you are a daily, fully integrated user of social media, you will not understand how compelling it is for consumers, and you won't understand how to engage with them effectively. And so I have absolutely observed you know, my own attention span becoming shorter, you know, my own addiction to checking my phone, you know, my own ability to while away large amounts of time just scrolling through social media. And and, and I try to be very conscious of that so that I do not do that too much. And I catch myself. But, but, but it's also really good because it enables me to really empathise with what everybody is going through and to, and to understand you know, how to work with that and address it in, in my business and consulting work and speaking, which is how I support myself, as well as my own, you know, a tech startup. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. I could literally, I'm, I'm looking at the clock thinking I actually would like to have talked to you for about another hour about this. So thanks so much. Um, I want to say to everyone listening to keep fully up to date and support the movement to break down the barriers about talking about sex follow make love not porn on twitter which is at make love not porn and cindy herself which is at cindy gallop and do check out the social sex revolution website there's some fantastic stuff on there so cindy thank you um total pleasure tanya great to talk to you thank you for listening to this episode of it's complicated if you haven't already, please do subscribe, rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. It helps other people find us and it means you get a helpful little notification when a new episode becomes available. For more about getting a healthy balance with tech, you can follow me, Tanya Goodin, or Time to Log Off on Instagram and Twitter. And both my books, Off and Stop Staring at Screens, are available on Amazon and at all good bookshops. Finally, for more information about this and other episodes in the podcast series, visit itstimetologoff.com. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 